Hi, I'm Chris Plum, head coach and CEO of Cromwell Swim Club. This is the Off the Deck podcast. Off the Deck champions Carmel Swim Club's mission, teaching excellence through swimming for life. Carmel Swim Club is building a pool and it is naming it the Carmel Swim Academy. Carmel Swim Academy will provide an entry point for more children in central Indiana to have access to life-saving programs. We are compelled to use our expertise in swimming to make our community safer and ensure every child has the opportunity to learn to swim. To learn more, visit www.carmelswimacademy.org. Gain Swimming is also a sponsor of the Off the Deck podcast. Gain Swimming is the gold standard in dry land training. If you are interested in a consultation, please contact Chris Webb at chris at thegainnetwork.com. To learn more, visit www.thegainnetwork.com slash gainswimming. And now let's get on with our show. Hello, everyone. We're back on the Off the Deck podcast today. Uh, very excited to have a special guest, a friend of mine, Mr. Mark Hesse. Mark Hesse is in the uh, Indiana Swimming Hall of Fame. He is a Georgetown graduate. He is a fantastic coach. He coached uh, many places in Indiana, but including Carmel, but also Washington Township and out in Crawfordsville. Uh, he's been at USA Swimming for I don't know how long. He just kind of um, left that position recently, but he's now coaching again in Colorado Springs. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Mark Hesse. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks. It's a, it's, it's awesome to be on here. Um, love what you're doing. Uh, you know, spreading all the good, good word about swimming and and interviewing. Uh, you know, so many great coaches and so many great, uh, you know, f- former swimmers. I think that's really really cool for for you and for your your program there at Carmel to have the, these alumni that are willing to come back and share their experiences. Yeah, well, I guess I didn't traumatize them too much for them to share. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, I love being able to catch up with alumni, and I just I love talking the sport, and I love to learn where people are at in their lives and the lessons that they learn. So, And I know I learned an incredible amount from you, Mark. I don't know if you take any uh, heart with, you know, like uh, joy in that, but I, I think that you do. But uh, I know you and I first met, and I always admired you. I was the head age group coach at Carmel. You were coaching, kind of building this kind of uh, juggernaut at North Central, who at the time was challenging Carmel. And um, you just kind of built something from from nothing. So, you know, maybe take us back. How did you get involved in coaching, and what brought you to Indiana? So how did I get involved with coaching? That's a a great question. Um, You know, I, uh, I I grew up a swimmer, like, like most of us did. Um, I was not very good, nowhere, nowhere near as uh, accomplished as you were um, uh, as, as in my own personal swimming journey, I did swim in college at Georgetown and, and actually, was my head coach at, at Georgetown that uh, offered me my first coaching job as an assistant assistant coach for him in a summer league in Northern Virginia. And if, 
anyone out there is familiar with the Northern Virginia Swim League, it's this massive uh, swimming uh, organization uh, in the summertime in, in just outside D.C. in the in the suburbs there in Virginia with probably now over 150 teams. When I was there, I think there were 96 neighborhood swim teams that were in this league and each team had anywhere from, you know, 50 to, you know, 150 kids on the team, depending on, on, you know, how big their neighborhood was. And, um, I just, you know, that first summer I, I fell in love with it and decided that that, that was at least going to be what I, what I did in the summer. And, uh, uh, my coach at Georgetown, Steve Wilson, who was my coach for my freshman year, and then Jeff Bryan, who, who coached there um, for the last three years uh, of my time at Georgetown, um, you know, kind of always encouraged me to, to be a student of the sport and, and to study about it. And, and the, you know, the cool thing was I had a little bit of success there in the summer league and really enjoyed doing it and decided I wanted to, to keep doing it. Um, spent two seasons as a, first as a grad assistant and then as an assistant coach at Georgetown and then actually started a team in Northern Virginia um, called the Burke Barracudas, which eventually merged with Curl and became Curl Burke, which is now NCAP. Um, and, uh, so I did the, uh, coached that Burke team for a few years. And we, again, we had some success. We, we grew to be the, the third or fourth best team in the, in the LSC. And when you were competing with, with teams like uh, Curl at the time and Rockville Montgomery and Solitar were pretty large programs. So uh, we were very successful and, and, I always felt like there was something more for me out there and uh, ended up taking a job uh, as a head age group coach down at Mission Bay in uh, in South Florida, uh, working for Mark Schubert uh, and alongside Jack Roach and Larry Leibowitz, some some uh, obviously some big names in in USA swimming uh, history and um and I guess from there, it just took off and got married. And, and my wife took a job in Indianapolis, and that's how we moved to Indiana. Um, the only guy I knew in Indy was Tom Avicious, and I called him up and said, hey, you know of any coaching jobs? And he said, funny, you should ask. Uh, and uh, gave me a job coaching the uh, Barracudas and the Tiger Sharks uh, there with Carmel Swim Club. And I also... Uh, managed to land a job uh, coaching the girls team at North Central. Um, and, and that was all great for one season. And then uh, I think the, uh, the Carmel North Central rival, rivalry kind of yeah. got the best of it. And I was told that if I wanted to stay coaching at Carmel, I needed to leave North Central. And I, I didn't want to do that at that point. So that's when I took the job with Washington Township and, and started to, to, to really build the program there. We had a great foundation. Um, Tom Jewell and Paula Smith were the, you know, kind of the architects of a, a really solid age group program, but there wasn't much on the senior side um, when I started there. And we just started to build that up and, um, you know, eventually, um, 
had some great success, a lot of second place finishes in uh, the girls' high school state meet and um, a state championship along with a couple runner-ups on, on the boys' side. And um, that was a lot of fun building that program. And, and for those of you that aren't aware of geography in Indiana, Carmel High School and North Central High School are um, about, what, six or seven miles apart. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, and, uh, uh, so, uh, a lot of, uh, rivalry there, a lot of crossover of kids, uh, at times. And, uh, it was a lot of fun to have that, uh, you know, that kind of challenge so nearby, uh, at least for, for us coming up, um, you know, having, having a team to chase and a team to, to aspire to be competitive with. And uh, I think that was a lot of uh, what allowed us to be successful is because we were always racing against good swimmers. And I think that that legacy has continued in, in the entire Indianapolis area. You look at Fishers and, and Zionsville and what Carmel's continue to do and what, what North Central's continue to do. And, um, so, it's a, it's a great place to coach swimming. It's a great place to be a swimmer. Yeah. And what's, what's really interesting, Mark, and I did not know this is you and I started coaching the same groups at Carmel because I also started at Carmel as the Tiger <laughs> Shark coach. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And then I, I became head Asia coach. I think I started in September and I came head Asia coach in January but uh, I was coaching, <laughs> coaching the night tens, right? Yep. Um, so you obviously had a tremendous amount of success uh, in in Indiana, and then you went from um, North Central over to Crawfordsville, to kind of, and you got a fifty meter pool. And the, then they, after you left, they built a fifty meter pool at North Central. Right. And I've often wondered, I don't know if you have it all, if you would have stayed, what that program would have been. Not to say it was, it, you know, it was bad, but like, I knew you were like, I think my career actually jumped forward when you left because the stability at that club just didn't, they didn't have it year after year, like hard. Sure. So, yeah. 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 I've thought about that. You know, you always think about that. What, what if, yeah. and I think, you know, one of the one of the strengths of our program at um, at Washington Township was the coaching staff, and not just me. Um, you know, the whole group of us, everybody bought into the vision that we had of what it took to be successful, and and where we wanted to go with the program, and and how we wanted to take care of the kids. And I was very fortunate. I had every single coach on my staff had been a head coach somewhere previously. So there, there was a lot of comfort in knowing that if we had to switch around and somebody had to fill in for me or I had to fill in for somebody, you know, that the kids were going to be taken care of. And it was really, uh, it was neat to be able to give autonomy to those coaches with their groups and, and know that, um, that they were gonna, those kids were going to be coached well. And I think that's a, um, 
I think that's something that um, is very rare. And I think you look at, um, you know, we were talking before we went on the, on the, on the air here, we're talking about what, what I saw when I worked for USA Swimming for nine years traveling around the country that made teams successful. I think having a great coaching staff that has the same vision and that is comfortable with each other and comfortable in multiple roles uh, is so important. And so, uh, you know, my message to coaches, head coaches out there, and my message to parent boards out there is if you've got good coaches, hang on to them and cultivate them. And as a head coach, don't be afraid to give your assistant coaches responsibility um, and autonomy in what they're doing. Uh, They don't, uh, you know, to be able to get to a place where you don't have to oversee every workout or feel like you need to see a detailed practice plan every day from a coach um, is pretty awesome. And it's a luxury that maybe I didn't always uh, appreciate right in the moment there at Washington Township. Um, but I think if we'd been able to keep that staff together um, and when we had would have gotten that 50-meter pool, I'm, I'm not sure there was any limit on what we could have accomplished. And just it, it just wasn't meant to be at that time. Um, and uh, so I guess I'm glad I gave you a little boost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think if um... – there have been some great coaches and I've had a lot of friends who who've coached through there is just a tough environment. I feel like to, to coach in. Uh, so, you know, I think moving forward now that you've kind of been around the country, you talked about the ability of coaches. You know, I like the fact that you were like coach a lot of groups and mesh with each other and see the same vision. What are some of the other things maybe you've seen from successful clubs and maybe what are some of the things you're seeing from clubs who maybe aren't as successful? Sometimes I think we also need to look at uh, what, what doesn't work. Well, I think, I think the first thing is that, and I see it on both sides, the successful teams and the teams that, that struggle is that, is that shared vision and everybody really being on the same page um, of what, the team is about what the team wants to accomplish. And that just doesn't just include the coaching staff, but that includes your parents. Um, that includes, you know, whoever owns or controls the facility. Um, and, and being able, I think as a, as a head coach um, or as a program to identify what your values are, what, what's your vision, what your, you know, we've talked about this. I think when I visited, you know, uh, your team, what, what the why is behind the program. And it can't just be about swimming fast. There's got to be something bigger there. And I, I think the teams that are successful long-term are the teams that have that. Um, and I think teams that, that struggle maybe um, or aren't as successful have, don't have that clear picture or it changes every time they change coaches, it changes. And I, I think that's one of the things that maybe happened at, uh, at Washington township is that there were some different visions 
you know, kind of running around in that program. Um, and, and it's, it's very hard to, to be successful when you have that. I think, um, oddly enough, um, one of the things that, that I would identify as an important thing is, is a, is a team office. Um, yeah, and it's funny it. because I, I had that, um, my first few coaching, uh, places when I, when I coached at Burke, I actually, uh, the pool, the aquatics director at the facility was Pete Morgan, who coaches for curl, um, you know, very well-known, um, coach coached Ed Moses and a bunch of other great athletes. But we, um, I was his assistant aquatic director and I ran the, you know, the kind of the in-house team. Um, but to share an office with him and be able to bounce ideas off. And then, you know, I moved down to, to Mission Bay and shared an office with Jack Roach and Larry Leibowitz. And then, um, you know, uh, and I think that um, that opportunity to get your staff together on a regular basis and, and an office makes it so much easier to do that um, is, is, is a real key to success. So I think if you're able to do that as a program, create that centralized space where coaches can come in and collaborate and bounce ideas off each other. And there are no new, you know, very rarely do you come across a new issue in, you know, the profession of coaching and the sport of swimming. Uh, and somebody usually has experienced it and has an idea about it. Um, so I think that's, um, I think that's really important. And then I think, you know, the teams that are successful are the teams that take care of the basic things, right? They have a, a, a plan for what, strokes should look like they have a, a way of coaching that teaches athletes how to execute their races um and i think sometimes we try to make coaching a little more complicated than it is um it's really about taking care of kids and and teaching them to be really good at a few fundamental things and then allowing them to grow and flourish and explore their potential um, in the sport when they have that great foundation. Um, and, and I think teams that are always chasing the next great idea or the next, you know, innovation or new type of training. Um, maybe you miss out on some of the, those, those basic fundamentals that are, are really, you know, the true building blocks of the sport. Um, you know, we've, we've talked before about how important efficiency is in the water and just being able to move through the water with as much ease and as little effort as possible. And I think giving kids a, the chance to, or guiding kids to experience that and learn how to do that is such a, a key fundamental that a lot of teams miss because they're wrapped up and they got to get this much kicking in and this much in, you know, in this energy system, even, even with their younger athletes uh, and get this much volume in that um, kids don't, 
don't learn how to use their body in the most effective way. Yeah. And I think, you know, watching and talking to you, one of the most valuable things that you taught me in terms of the technique was the stroke count and the N minus one. I mean, that idea to me is, to me is a little like inception. Like you planted this idea in my brain, <laughs> right. And it just kind of grew to what it is today. And I can tell you like some of the sets that we do um, are based on this idea of figuring out how to be more efficient. One of the favorite things that we do is like a 75 free, go five seconds over your best time or five seconds faster than your best time, but take one less stroke each 25. Well, that is a challenge, right? But I'm asking you to go fast, to take less strokes. And you created this idea. You gave me this idea. And I, I've ebbed and flowed with it a little bit. But I know for sure, if I look at Jake Mitchell and uh, Drew Kibler, they were a product of being efficient and going fast. And that's all we're trying to do is be fast and efficient, efficient and fast. So, you know, I know that was an idea I stole from you. Do you have any other great ideas I can take from you today? <laughs> well, and I don't know that I necessarily can take full credit for that idea myself. I just think that's that was observation and a lot of um, really some some intense talks with the late uh, Terry Laughlin, who started Total Immersion, and then then Glenn Mills from Go Swim. Um, it was just kind of um, something that we really hit upon as as a, as a key to to getting better. And um, it's it's kind of like you said with that set of seventy fives, right? You give kids a problem to solve; they've got to figure out how to do it. Okay, do I take two more dolphin kicks off the wall? Okay, well, is that kind of cheating by by doing that? Well, yeah, maybe a little bit, but hey, if if they get in that habit of taking two more dolphin kicks off the wall, that's probably going to be a good thing in the long run right. Um, right. for them. You know, do they kick a little harder, right? Are they are they, you know, hesitating a little bit to get into into the catch, you know, at the right time? All of those things are are things that we can see and talk about to the kids, but they've got to experience it in the water. And if you're only ever, you know, doing, doing sets on tight intervals and that type of thing, um, you know, there's a place for that for sure. But if that's all you're ever doing, right, the kids, the kids are only going to know how to swim at that speed. And I think that's, that's where, you know, blending these, these ideas of, of say an Urbancheck system along with some USRPT along with some stroke counting stuff. I think they all have their place in, in this recipe of, of how do we get kids to swim fast? Right. And uh, I, you know, I think at the last game clinic, we heard someone talk about, well, we all have like the ingredients. It's just how we mix them together. Right. And so, sure. yeah, we've got to figure out like, you know, what, how much of stroke counting are we going to do? How much of kicking are we going to do? Um, and I, and you've been all over the country, so I'm sure you've seen different recipes produce different kinds of success. Yeah. And, and teams have been successful in, in very different models, but I think, you know, there, there are those key uh, basic points that, 
um, that you come back to, you know, being, being very good at kicking and putting an emphasis on that, you know, cause that's important for maintaining the body line, maintaining that momentum, allowing you to have that, that maybe little extra quarter inch of stroke length that allows you to drop a stroke, um, uh, kind of thing. Um, you know, being, being great, um, around the walls, um, you know, having a race plan. Uh, I think that's something that gets overlooked. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, everybody, there's no one right race plan. Right. Because we see people swim and be successful even at the Olympics with all kinds of different, you know, race strategies. Um, and I mean, you, um, it's a really interesting talk if if people want to get an insight into training individual athletes to swim specific race strategies at the Ask a World Clinic this year, Rick Bishop. Uh, from LSU now is at, at LSU gave an interesting talk com comparing um, how he trained um, Shaban Howie and um, Maggie McNeil for Tokyo, two very different swimmers with different strengths and different um, really different ways of racing. And uh, he gave some really good insights to his thought process and their thought process on how they approached the training and why they did it that way. Um, so I think, uh, you know, looking at your athlete, what are their strengths, capitalize on their strengths. Certainly you always want to minimize their weaknesses, but, but capitalize on their strengths and don't try to smash that square peg into the round hole. Yeah. Um, you know, cause no two kids are the same even if they swim the same, same events. Right. Yeah. That's the fun, isn't it? Of coaching is just being able to solve a problem. It, it, but the human factor is just the, that's the, that's the hard part. That's the challenge, right? Of what we do is that human piece. <laughs>